Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Protesters come to Fox News. The lobby there. I've well, ever been in the lobby of the Fox News building. Small, small lobby, and then you've got these areas that you got to have a key card to get through to then get to the elevators, and the elevators are, they're unique. They don't actually go by floor. And there are the protesters. Fox News, Fox News, you can't hide. I don't know, you're promoting genocide. Because they're not calling for ceasefire. The people calling for ceasefire are the ones calling for genocide. I say it, I mean it. Whether that be these protesters, whether that be groups uh, like the Islamic Society in North America or CARE, whether that be college campuses, you want to ceasefire. You want dead Jews. That's weird. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't want to be a part of that. But they do it unapologetically, which is how you get to this thing about Osama bin Laden. I mean, it's a super weird story that all of a sudden on TikTok, everybody's like, I just read Osama bin Laden's letter to America and he was right. He was right? Osama bin Laden, the attacks of September 11th, the very concept of Al-Qaeda, the the desire for Sharia law, going back to Qutub and and others who, who saw the world in very, very stark and ugly terms. People now writing on social media can pretty safely state that bin Laden and I did not agree on much, but blowing up the World Trade Center is probably the most principled and defensible thing he ever did. Oh, is that right? This is happening in America. And all of a sudden, this exploded on TikTok. You mean this exploded on a social media platform run by the Communist Chinese Party on the same day that the Communist Chinese leader was in the United States meeting with Joe Biden? Fascinating. Tell me more. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Time to come get your kids, everybody. And if your kids are on TikTok, it's time to say, you know what? We're done here. This is dangerous. I don't care if your kid likes it. Why do you? That's a hard thing to ask. It's a harder one to answer, but let me at least try and help. I think I have it easier in some ways, but because of what I do, we never allowed the kids on on social. Uh, One of them has Snapchat. It's how their friends communicate. That that, uh, they have. Nothing else. No Twitter, no Facebook, no TikTok. No YouTube channels, none. They look at YouTube videos, of course. And we are aware of this to the very best of our ability. Let me also engage a bit of clarity. Everything is to the very best of your ability. You're never going to know everything. You understand that, right? If you're a parent or if you're not a parent, parents are not going to know everything. Your parents didn't know when you snuck out and grabbed a couple of beers with some friends down by the lake or wherever it is you were grabbing some beers, but you know you did it. You were 16. It happened. 
You know that girl or that guy you used to get together with? Nobody really knew the relationship, but you, it was a thing, and you did the thing. Your parents didn't know. The first time I ever told my parents that I smoked marijuana, oh, the look. The look on their face. There you go. You're all getting it now. Yeah, you is. What? To the best of your ability. That's first. But the best of your ability cannot start. If you do not start, why would you let your kid on TikTok? They're a content creator? In the vast majority of cases, no, they're not. Why? At this moment, we can say with levels of certitude that this is a platform that can provide them no value. And even if there are videos that are worthy, there is too much insanity being pressed upon your kids. Why allow it? But it's greater than TikTok. By the way, this whole thing about this Osama bin Laden letter, Osama bin Laden, September 11th, I don't think I have to re-explain that to people just in case anybody forgot. Uh, I believe this is all um, a uh, scheduled effort. You cannot tell me in one day all of a sudden this was everywhere. Everyone's like, oh man, Osama bin Laden was really right about America. He was a terrorist bitch. Can we at least start with some basics, people? You support Osama bin Laden? Do you know what kind of level you suck as a person? You deserve all the derision you get? When I see women say, man, Osama bin Laden had it right, do you think you would have survived a week in his society? Ladies, do you have any idea what you're doing? When you see feminists, we, so, we support free, but queers for Palestine. You'd be dead in two hours. Maybe three. Maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones. It's embarrassing. Feminists for Palestine? Feminists for, for this? Women supporting Osama bin Laden? Enjoy living in that hellscape. And by the way, this is a conversation about comparing cultures. And we're comparing things to Sharia. And of course, the United States culture, our culture, even now, is better than Sharia. And I say even now because we've allowed our, our culture to erode. Of course it is. Anybody who says otherwise is lying. Anybody who says otherwise is not based in reality. They're dumb as a stump. What, are we going to pretend? I'm going to pretend to indulge the pseudo-intellectual fantasy that somehow Sharia provides a value? No. Not at all. Compared to American culture? Western civilization? If women want that, try Sharia for a week just to see what happens. But how do we get to this place where this letter blows up on social media and people are praising Osama bin Laden? Well, the answer could rest at Harvard where you have 100-plus Harvard professors going after the university president 
for bowing down to donor pressure, for condemning anti-Semitism. You see, that's an attack on free speech, don't you know? That's an attack on free speech, and we can't allow that. As Harvard faculty, we have been astonished by the pressure from donors, alumni, and even some of this campus to silence faculty, students, and staff critical of the actions of the state of Israel. It is important, they write, to acknowledge the patronizing tone and format of much of the criticism you have received, as well as the outright racism contained in some of it. Racism. Because for these people, nothing actually exists as a conversation. Everything exists in the oppressed oppressor construct. Oppressed oppressor, right? Uh, Israel's the oppressor. uh, The Palestinians are the oppressed. That's not the way it works. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and the people of Gaza live in hell and squalor because of a terrorist organization that isn't interested in building schools and hospitals. The hospitals they have, they use to store weaponry, and they have tunnels underneath where they run their operations. Well, we haven't found proof yet that the tunnel system under Al-Shifa Hospital has been used as a command center. Oh, okay. I guess you got me there. You have found rockets, you have found guns, you have found ammunition. That's what you found. But you're right. We have no proof because we don't have a sign anywhere that was hanging from the ceiling of the tunnel that said command center. Yeah, you certainly told me. Maybe the idea that Harvard thinks that Jew hate is something that should be appreciated and not excoriated. The professors support the hate because they also support uh, the disintegration of Western civilization. And look how easy it is for a professor. You can't get fired. You want to you end this nonsense? End tenure. Start there. They walk around like kings and Harvard is their fiefdom and everybody bows down to them. And they can't believe somebody won't give their money. Donors have to give. How else can we go on our vacations? I mean, educate these students. I mean, tell them what to think. Bunch of pompous, egomaniacal freaks. But people send their kids there and maybe you have to rethink that. Or maybe you have to up the pressure and tell these these professors that they suck and understand that it's okay for your your kids who are grownups to tell these professors to go to hell in a handbasket. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the class. They're going to start failing all the, all the Jewish kids? That's now the plan? They can abuse you and you have to take it? That's what these universities teach? Oh, you shouldn't uh, engage in, in, in that. Maybe, you're, maybe you need to stand up or maybe you need a different university, one or the other. But maybe in a larger sense... Academia being filled with these kinds of people is why you have this this problem in education. Because this educational issue doesn't start in the colleges. It starts in middle school and high school. At Arizona State University, Jewish students had to end the meeting and had to be evacuated by police due to threats by these anti-Israel terrorists. Oh, I'm sorry, am I not let's call them terrorists? Terrorist supporters. There you go. Much better. The same school. My, I didn't graduate. Is it my alma mater? 
I didn't graduate. I did go to Arizona State University. Uh, they're going to have Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib as a speaker. You think they're going to be anybody uh, engaged in threats there? This woman who lies about uh, the Israeli Defense Forces, who lies about Israel, who's provided aid and comfort to a terrorist organization, gets to speak freely on the campus of Arizona State University, but the Jewish students need to be evacuated with cops with guns or by cops with guns. Maybe uh, the problem is our own media. Paul Kessler was murdered in the streets of California for standing up for Israel when a pro-Hamas supporter hit him in the head with a bullhorn. Paul Kessler fell, hit his head, and died. He was murdered. CNN, from November 16th, arrest made in death of Jewish protester who fell and hit his head. Fell and hit his head, did he? No mention of the attack, no mention of murder. Fell and hit his head. Oh, poor baby. Wow, that's a freak accident. No, he was viciously assaulted. He fell from the assault and died. We call that murder. As Jason Howerton pointed out, that would be like writing the headline, Nicole Simpson dies after repeatedly falling on OJ's knife. Maybe the reason we see this Osama bin Laden thing is because we have a culture of education and a culture of media that isn't interested in an honest conversation. There is no interest in the truth and what they have an interest in is just like these professors and just like too many of these students and just like TikTok, the destruction of a nation and yes, a people. So now that we have clearly explained that there is an issue, how does one deal with the issue? Let me go back to the beginning. It's time for you to go get your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your aunts and your uncles. I mean, this you can send this every which way. Talk about adults as well. No, your 14-year-old can't be on TikTok. I mean, you can't. Why, why, why are we having a conversation? That it's hard? That your kid wants it? That they're going to complain? Forgive me. Allow me. I didn't say it wasn't difficult and wasn't hard. I'm making a different argument. They're 14. Who cares what they want? They're not your equal. The amount of time I spend explaining to my children, and I can't say it happens every day, but it does happen from time to time, and it happens with a very, very distinct tone of voice. I am not your friend. I am your father. And that is a much different job. You're the parent. It's a much different job. They'll feel ostracized. They'll feel that they're missing out. Maybe. But they'll be better off in the long run because they won't be filled with this level of hate and insanity and somehow thinking that Osama bin Laden offered value. This murderer. Well, if Osama bin Laden did it and he was right, I guess Hamas was right. This is what you want to teach your kid? If not, go about teaching your kid something different and don't allow them the tool that teaches them things that are a lie.
if your kid goes to a college that is proactive, not only in hating people for their existence, but proactive in trying to support that, why do you send them there? They can't get a quality education somewhere else? Of course they can. Are you willing to talk to them about it? Share the concern? Why give those people your money? I'm talking about taking action. And actions are necessary. Yes, they're difficult. Yes, they come with their own series of problems. But they're necessary. We're only talking about your children. We're only talking about your niece and nephew. We're only talking about your grandkids. We're only talking about the future. Sacrifices must be made before sacrifices will be made. I'm Tony Katz. New York City has got everything under control. As you know, everything's going perfect, not a problem in the world. Uh, They hand out pudding cups on the street. It's that spectacular. So spectacular, with no problems, they're going to cut 4,000 police jobs over the next two years. But everything's fine. Everything's fine. As a matter of fact, I have exclusive audio of uh, the, the, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, uh, discussing it. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like, dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. What? Was it something I said? Is that it? Instead of 33,000 officers, who needs that? 29,000 officers. Like, they're still going to have 29,000 officers. They're going to cancel the next five police academy classes. It'll be below 30,000 for the first time since the 1980s. It's, it's, it's budget cuts. Uh, they're going to be shrinking every agency by 5%. They're going to cut education by $2.1 billion, $1.4 billion for social services, $800 million from homeless services. Why Why is this? Is this because of illegal immigration? Is this because the sanctuary city of New York turns out isn't that much of a sanctuary? And dear Lord, another couple days won't be that much of a city? I have a friend who's in New York. I texted him about something else. He said he's in New York. And I said, first, be safe. And then I gave him uh, uh, two places that he had to go eat. Uh, Russ and Daughter's which is near Katz's Deli, uh, and, and which is an appetizing place. And, uh, th- and then Tavola, which is uh, ba- at the bottom of Hell's Kitchen, which is one of my all-time favorite places in all of uh, the, the city. Uh, the, the wild boar and veal uh, meatballs. You get that, you get a Caesar salad. You're done. You're set. Just enjoy the view. Uh, there'll be things I miss. But I have friends all the time. When are you coming back? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do No, 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 no. No, this is, this is beyond unsafe. What I want, and I mean, to Eric Adams' credit, he has said we can't go on like this. What I want to hear from him and from Kathy Hochul, the governor, is we were wrong. Democrats were wrong. You cannot be a sanctuary city. This is Joe Biden's fault. I mean, that clear. 
then maybe we can start fixing things. This is Tony Katz today. The Black Friday deals are out. And honestly, I'm going to end up buying. Because, I don't know, I'm a sucker. Maybe. And I know that if I just wait, if I just, Tony, exhibit a little bit of patience, a little bit of self-control, January will be here, and then everything will be free. It will be free. It'll cost you $9. How big is the TV? 427 inches. How much? 1250. That's what it's going to be. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. But there are, as we've been discussing with this economy, uh, there is a, a real feel that the holiday season is not going to be great. Now, maybe with people thinking that inflation is cooled, maybe, maybe that'll be different. I wouldn't mind it. I, I want the retailers to be successful. By the way, you have uh, members of the Federal Reserve, Boston Federal Reserve President Susan Collins, not the senator from Maine. This is uh, uh, Federal Reserve, saying that more rate hikes cannot yet be taken off the table. Correct. Because they're not done. Keep trying to tell you. This inflation is nowhere near over. So I think that there's going to be, or I think retailers are seeing an issue Looking forward to, to, to Black Friday, which is to the date traditionally when retailers start making money and they take that holiday season and that's where they really make their money and everything is great. And so that's why they usually have the deals and, and, and everything else. And admittedly, there are some, some deals, uh, coffee maker kind of deals. The I don't know, do you pronounce it OXO or is it just OXO? You see that brand everywhere. The 12-cup coffee with a podless single serve function for 200 bucks. I have um, uh, the, the, the Mocha Master from Technovorm. Oxo. It's pronounced OXO? Oxo. Is it pronounced OXO? Okay, fine. I'll do it that way, Producer Jason. I do have the Technovorm, which is a brilliant coffee maker. Before that, I had a Ninja, which I thought was a very good coffee maker. The Technovorm is, is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I don't know if that's the way people are going to go. You can get a velvet chair. At Anthropology, for three hundred forty-nine dollars, it's a velvet chair. I don't know. If that's so much a a holiday gift. I'm not. So, I'm not so. I'm not. Then there's the TV stuff. I cannot figure out what I'm looking at at all. Because uh, do I want the edge lid or do I want the direct array or do I want the OLED? And the difference is is in in the sometimes fifty dollars and sometimes a thousand dollars have no idea. Every year there there's sales and we look at them like, "Oh, that's good. Oh, that's not good." I'm very curious. And and by the way, I I should be clear. I hope that I'm wrong. I think it's going to be a very bad holiday season. There's nothing that's shown that it's going to work. What I will say is that every time I discuss the fact that this economy <laughs> yes, the inflation numbers are better. Yes, there's still tremendous inflation, and I've got the Federal Reserve to back me up on that. 
Uh, I see people shopping all the time. I see people buying all the time. You see it everywhere. And you're like, my gosh, how much debt do these people have? How can they afford to do it? I have no idea. I I assume that it's debt. I have to assume that it's debt. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm clearly in the wrong business. And I make some level of a living. It's like, it's like the people who go with their family to Disney. I, I, don't, I don't know how they do that. I'm, I'm going to be in Florida for a few days during, during the Christmas break. Mother-in-laws are there. Parents are, are there. My father's 85. You, you go. You go. We understand each other. Good. You go. I don't even want to discuss what the hotel has cost. Right, it, it, it got the kids, uh, wife and I. I don't, I, I cannot. I think I could have purchased a small island nation for what I'm paying for hotels. I don't know how people do it. It is, it is killing me, killing me. And we don't have Disney on the plan. No Disney. I've got a couple of restaurants on the plan. That's it crazed and so i look at these deals i'm like okay this is clearly even more aggressive than normal to get people in the door i have no idea if it's going to work i don't know where the buyers are but if i see massive buying i'll be like how and then the answer will be tony go take a look at credit card debt which is at 1.08 trillion for the third quarter and then you're like oh yes that's it. Barbara Streisand is making news. Babs herself. If Trump becomes president, she can't live in this country. This is so blanking boring. This whole conversation is just so ridiculously boring. How many more times are we going to hear somebody tell us that if so-and-so gets elected, if, if, if so-and-so does this, I can't stay in the country anymore? Yes, you can. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. We've been through this, and you're a liar. Now, don't get me wrong, Barbara Streisand. If you left... All right, all right, all right. Well, then Goodbye. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna spend time missing you. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Why do people say things like this? And where's she gonna go? Probably to England. I like England. Okay. I think uh, the the bigger question is, why is she uh, talking? She was interviewed by Stephen Colbert. The lengths to which late night television and and really the the networks are working overtime to try and influence this election is through the roof. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, they're not interested in comedy. They're not interested in making America laugh. They're interested in pushing an ideology and an ideology only. We have discussed this before. But remember, all these people were out of work for, for months. 
because there was a writer strike. No one missed them. That has got to hurt. No one missed you. No one cared about the late night. Well, Tony, if no one cares about the late night, why are you discussing it? I want to discuss where the networks are. I have I've brought this up before, but what has happened uh, since the strike has solidified it. There is the ego and the id, right? The id is the thing that's primitive, the impulsive part, the instincts, the desires. The ego is the rational part, the realistic part of the psyche. Late night television does not exist to entertain. Late night television exists as probably both the ego and the id of those who run the networks. When you take a look at MSNBC, they kept Joy Reid, this bigot? I mean, her conversations are nuts. They gave you Jen Psaki, who is clearly a propaganda machine. Look at what has happened with Joe Scarborough. I, am, I don't joke. I'm not making this part up. This was the intellectual morning show. Gone, erased, doesn't exist anymore. It, it, it's, it's this, it's in the ether. How, how does this happen? Because the desire is not an honest exploration of, of, of the news, of an honest reporting and an exploration of what it might mean, but rather it is personal. And it is personal to those people in charge, let's say MSNBC, Rashida Jones. No, no, not, not the actress Rashida Jones, a different Rashida Jones. Who needs to be able to show, look how committed I am. Well, this is done via the networks through the late night programming. The late night programming acts as a tool for those in charge of the programming to show their friends how good they are. It isn't built to entertain because by the very nature of how they do it, they've said we don't care about America as a whole. We care about a subset of a subset of a subset. And since all our friends are the advertisers anyway, it doesn't matter. Look at how many people they're pushing to pull out of advertising on Twitter. Well, we can't guarantee that our commentary won't be around racist or bigoted content. Mercedes has no problem with Jimmy Kimmel. I use Mercedes as an example. I'm not sure of every advertiser on Kimmel. Pick one. That you don't mind being associated with because you have already singled out the entirety of the audience. You've pushed everybody else aside. Nobody's going to complain. And we aren't organized on the political right to complain. That's what makes the whole Bud Light thing so absolutely unbelievable. It worked. That's unbelievable. But the, the people who are well-funded on the left push aggressively to keep advertisers from advertising with those that they politically disagree with. You want to tell me there's no hate speech on late-night TV? I don't know what to tell you, except that's insane. What do they say about people who politically disagree with them? 
threats to democracy, hateful, handmaid's tale, name your thing. You don't think that all has an effect, a deleterious effect on the American society and psyche? Of course it does. Of course it does. Barbara Streisand's going to go move. I, I say go now. Tell us how it is. But the only reason we know this story is because Stephen Colbert didn't want to be funny for America. He wanted to move ideologically a message for his bosses and needed someone to do it. And he ran out of people, so he went to Babs. We really do need more late night TV. We need more midday TV. We need more content. More. And we need more people creating the platforms. We need more funding of it. We need more advertisers to it. Desperately. I'm Tony Katz. Another day, another lab discovered. This one in California a Chinese-owned biolab where substances, substances labeled HIV and a freezer marked Ebola were found. You know, standard stuff. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Thank goodness Gavin Newsom rolled out uh, the red carpet for Xi Jinping. Well, of course it was red. What other color could it possibly be? The lab operated in Reedley, California, came to light in December of 2022, but we're only getting wind of it now. They found medical-grade freezers when they investigated manufacturing devices, lab mice, and vials labeled in Mandarin, English, and in a code that remains undeciphered. Oh, several individuals in lab coats when they went investigating who identified themselves as Chinese nationals. So now we can say without any, you know, hesitation, these police stations, these Chinese police stations, as, as we heard about them, they absolutely exist. You've got labs run by the Communist Chinese Party. It absolutely exists. If we haven't figured out this all relates to the southern border and we have to put an end to this nonsense, we're nuts. So, my dear friends on the political left, get this straight. Joe Biden is terrible on the border and we're all unsafe because of it. People are pouring across the border. Chinese nationals are coming across the border. Single men are coming across the border and they're not here for a job. So why don't you stop pretending they are? Why don't you grow up or get bent? But you shouldn't be allowed to have any power if you won't actually work to protect your kids, yourselves, somebody else's kids. You're so, in your desperation to be decent, feel the air quotes, you'll get yourself killed. They're playing with Ebola in an unlicensed, unsanctioned, unregulated lab. But if somebody wanted to make their own bourbon in their garage, you'd throw them in jail. Lord forbid you actually want unpasteurized milk. But they can have the lab?
It's embarrassing. And it is politically embarrassing. It's equally as embarrassing that the political right doesn't stomp all over Biden and the left for this. Every time they fail to make a move on the border, they're going to get a kid killed. They're going to get grandma killed. Say it. Say it again and again and again because it happens to be true. Ebola? This is what we've allowed in the United States? What kind of madness is this? The answer is it's madness because we don't get far more aggressive on the subject. I can walk and chew gum. I have been saying for forever, the border is the biggest subject in America. Haven't changed. But all of the world events further prove the point. We focus on the world events and we focus on the border. But we've got, well, we've got certainly both political parties that have never made a move. But we have an unwillingness of the political left to deal with the border as it is. Share this story about this lab everywhere and remember that Representative Ocasio-Cortez would rather that California children die than actually have solid enforcement in the Rio Grande Valley. Say it just like that. And every time she tweets, tell her to shut her mouth. She doesn't care if children die because she's an ideological freak. Now you say to me, Tony, that's not a way to win people over. But she doesn't care if people die if you're willing to just let the border be open and labs get open like this. I don't think that's name-calling. I think that's honest. If you want to avoid ideological freak, you can, I guess. This is Tony Katz today.